On episode 578 of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Joey Thurman and discuss his book, The Minimum Method, The Least You Can Do to Be a Stronger, Healthier, Happier You. You can find the full show notes for this episode at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 578. Have you decided you're ready to make a change? To reclaim your health and fitness, the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast is here for you. Each week, we dive deep into health and fitness topics that affect those of us over 40. I'm Coach Allen. I'm an NASM certified personal trainer with specializations in corrective exercise, behavior change, performance enhancement, and fitness nutrition. A Precision Nutrition Level 1 coach, a FAI certified functional aging specialist, and an OTA Level 2 online trainer. Each week, I'm joined by our co-host, Coach Rachel. She is an NASM certified personal trainer and a RRCA level one run coach. Let us be your coaches as you find your way on your health and fitness journey. All right, let's go. Are you looking for a chance to take your fitness to the next level? Do you dream of combining exercise and adventure in a tropical paradise? Look no further. The 40 plus fitness retreat from May 29th to June 2nd in Bocas del Toro, Panama is just what you need. Imagine waking up to the sound of the waves surrounded by lush jungle and crystal clear waters. This program is designed to challenge your body and mind with daily fitness sessions, beach workouts, and guided hikes through the stunning scenery of Bocas del Toro. Led by coach Alan Meisner, the retreat is tailored to suit all levels of fitness and ability. You'll receive personalized coaching, nutritional guidance, and plenty of motivation to help you reach your fitness goals. But it's not all about hard work. Our retreat offers plenty of opportunities to relax and rejuvenate, unwind with a massage, or take a dip in the Caribbean water, or simply kick back and soak up the sun on the beach. Don't miss out on this chance to boost your fitness, meet like-minded people, and experience the natural beauty of Panama. Sign up today and start counting down the days until your dream fitness retreat. Spaces are limited, so act fast to secure your spot. Go to 40plusfitness.com forward slash retreat to book your place. See you in Bocas del Toro. Hello, Russ. Hey, Alan. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. How are things Good. up there? Good. We're kind of in the middle of the weird part of winter where it's kind of taking a little long. The it's days, so. oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just the weather changes. We had single digits last week. Today it's 40, which really does feel like a heat wave <laughs> when you're comparing it to the single digits. We're going to get more snow this weekend. It's just a roller coaster up here, but, but I'm making it through making plans. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I guess as, as this is going live, I think as the day's the 21st of February. So I just launched uh pre-sale. So as you're, as I'm awesome. recording this, I'm actually getting ready to launch pre-sale. And so that's going to go to everybody that had joined the waiting list. You know, so I, I, when I say there's an interest list, there's an interest list. And if they buy all the slots, I'm sorry, you can log in right now and you might not be able to buy uh, a slot. You might, it might be gone. Um, but I'm, I'm planning the, the retreat and I'm, I'm ready. I've got it all mapped out how I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Cool. And so, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things It's the calm before the storm where I'm like, okay, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's, it's anything new, anything. Cause this is the first time I'm doing this, but it's like with anything new, you just, you have these second thoughts, you have these moments where you're kind of like, what if no one wants to come down here? you know, that nice. week. Well, I, I know, I know, I know, but again, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later, but people will say they want something. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes time to do that thing, they just don't. Hmm. Okay. And it happens. And we say it happen every day. We train people and mm -hmm. for a living, that's what we do. And so people tell us, it's like, well, I, I want to lose weight. I want to get fit. I'm like, okay put that down and pick that up, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> the simple, the simple advice, put that down and pick that up. 
and mm-hmm. and and they know that they're like oh, yeah i should have been picking that up all along and i shouldn't have been picking this up and so it's like just kind of start making these gradual changes and good things will happen and mm-hmm. but you know we're not there yet we're not ready willing and able and so we don't and and so that's kind of one of those things i'm at that moment of saying okay i'm going to put this out there to the world and i know how good it is i know what's going to happen um mm-hmm are you on board? And that's, that's where that thing is when you offer something new, it's like, okay, is this going to happen? And so I'm in that little right there and and it's a little bit of second thought, but it's just, Mm. it's where I am mentally right now. Sure. Well, that sounds like a really fun retreat and a beautiful part of the country. So well, the world, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in our country, yeah. But the cool thing about Panama is there's just so much diversity for such a small country. You have mountains, Mm -hmm with the coffee and the chocolate you have here, you know, with some chocolate, but the beaches and the jungle, um, you have the big city of Panama, you have the whole Pacific coast, which kind of has its own flavor. Um, and then you have some of the more seedy parts of it, like Cologne and the, all that. But anyway, that's a whole nother part of the world, <laughs> um, all part of this country. But the, the mm-hmm. thing is, yes, I, I am in paradise and I want to share that with people, but it's also a fitness retreat. So the, the point being is you can come here and find the most efficient and effective way for you to get fit the way you need to be fit, not the way a coach wants you to be <laughs> fit, not what you see on TV or in magazines. Mm. This is you defining fitness on your own terms and then building a plan and making it happen. So I'm pretty excited about what the content's going to be about and where we're going with it. Um, but I need you here as I guess that's the answer. <laughs> I need people here. So uh, check it out. And, uh, you know, so go to 40 plusfitnesscom forward slash retreat. Uh, the interest list is probably already over. So that link will probably take you to the page where I, I describe the program. And then you can decide if, well, if there are any seats for uh, VIP, whether you want to do VIP or general, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to, it's going to be pretty massive. It's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. And while we were talking about efficiency and, and all the other stuff, um, it's probably a good time for us to talk to uh, Joey Thurman, right? Sounds good. Our guest today is a health, fitness, and nutrition expert. He is the author of 365 Health and Fitness Hacks That Could Save Your Life and the host of the Fad or Future podcast. He was named the best trainer in Chicago by the Chicago Sun-Times in 2015 and NewBeauty.com's top three favorite celebrity trainers. He has appeared on Good Morning America, Live with Kelly and Ryan, Today, Harry Connick Jr., All Access, TEDx, CBS, WGN, Fox, ABC, Pandemic, and his own Facebook watch series, Home Sweat Home. With no further ado, here's Joey Thurman. Joey, welcome to 40 Plus Fitness. I am a fresh 40, my friend, so thanks you, for having me. You are. Uh, you, when you were 39 when you wrote the book, and kind of the way these things work, it, you write the book, and then seven, eight, nine, ten months later, the book's coming out. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this has been out for a little while, and so you're just turning 40, and so you know this is probably some top-of-mind stuff as you look at some of the differences when someone walks into uh, train with you and, and they're not 25 years old and, you know, they've done a lot of things, uh, wrong and, uh, or they've done a lot or they've stopped doing things because, you know, we're all really, really busy and we've got Mm -hmm. careers and kids and parents and all those other things. And so that's what, you know, when you, when you talked about the minimum method, I think that's what really kind of hit me because the name of the book is the minimum method, the least you can do to be strong, a stronger, healthier, happier you. Um, And it's almost like you kind of read my book where I'm talking about wellness. Those are the elements. You got to have all three of those, or you're not living a balanced life. And the people that think they've got to spend hours and hours in the gym uh, or hours and hours doing other stuff, you know, to get their fitness and health and all put it all together. Um, You've basically given us a shortcut and say, hey, just cut to the chase to do, do these few things first and then do these few things next and then do these few things. 
and you're stronger and you're fitter and do these few things and you're sleeping better and do these few things and now you're even sleeping better. And now, you know, now you're a ninja at sleep and you kind of put that together in a structure where, um, Hey, flip to the back of the chapter and, uh, <laughs> and you're kicking it, man. <laughs> but if you want to know why you, all that's in there too. So I really like that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that uh, most people don't read a book cover to cover. You should read it cover to cover if you get the book or when you get the book, let's say. Uh, but at the same time, like some people don't want to read the whole chapter. They just want to flip to the end and see where's my buffet of protocols and behavior change. And there it is. Yeah. Now I'm going to encourage them not to do that with your book. I know you, you say it's fine, um, but there's some things you put in there that I, I don't think you just want to skip to the, the fitness section or the nutrition section and miss some of the really good stuff that you have here. And, and one of those uh, that you go through is the health and fitness um, myths. And, you know, again, there's a lot of this stuff that's been out there for a long time and it's kind of ingrained. And um, I think understanding that not everything you've been brought up to believe is true is really important for you to wrap your mind around why these other things are, are actually working, why you don't necessarily have to do it a certain way, or maybe the way you've been thinking about this is wrong. Can you talk about those myths and what people should be aware of that isn't actually true? Yeah, there, there's a lot of them, and I didn't have room to fit every single one because it would just <laughs> that be a would book be a book by itself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like one, the, the, the next one, the book of the myths. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, number, number one, I mean, it's still for some reason, uh, females, I think, all of a sudden think they're gonna pick up a weight that's not pink and they're gonna, you know, look like the incredible Hulk. That's just not gonna happen. You don't have enough testosterone, you're not having enough supplementation or, you know, um, illegal supplementation, if you will. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You don't. If you I tell people this all the time, like you ever see a bodybuilder lifting a five pound weight? Probably not. You know, they're, they're lifting a high amount of volume, a high amount of volume load. And there's a lot of intent in that specific movement. And then they're in, in the gym for a long time and, and they're eating, breathing, sleeping, just that trying to grow, grow, grow. And most people are not doing that. And, you know, speaking of, of going into the gym and another myth, like you don't need to work out for an hour. Who said it needed to be an hour workout? I don't know where this arbitrary number came from. Like, and how uh, a workout isn't effective if it's not an hour. Well, I mean, how many times have you seen a guy at the gym like do a bench press and go on Instagram, maybe look at Joey Thermofit's account for shameless plug, and like and spend 10, <laughs> 15, 20 minutes on there and do another set and they do three sets in an hour. So is that more efficient as far as like longevity and health as opposed to somebody that's in there for 20 minutes, does 10 sets of a full body workout? Probably not. You know, if you're just trying to get strong, yes, do a set, wait three to five minutes and, and lift as heavy as you can and keep doing that. But then you need to be in the gym for an hour, hour and a half. But your, your amount of, you know, of work and load during that time is going to be completely different. So you can do like exercise snacking where you're working out 10 minutes one time. You're doing a, a 10 minute walk afterwards. Maybe you have five minutes to do three sets of bicep curls. Why not do that? So it's cumulative load throughout the week that matters the most. Uh, same body parts two days in a row. You can do that. It's fine. That whole myth came from bodybuilding folklore where they're doing 20 plus sets of chest in a day. Yeah. Your chest needs to recover when you're doing that, but you could do legs. You could do three sets of legs one day, you could do three sets of legs in the next day. It's going to be fine. Look at the prof professional athletes. They're doing the same body part. They're doing the same grill, the drills, the same movements every single day. They're okay. They're taking some recovery days and some off days. So that's going to be fine. The whole carbohydrates are bad thing. I don't know where that happened. Like that's crazy because, you know, carbs are fiber, fruits and vegetables. If I said, Hey, it's, you know, fruit and vegetables, bad people, most people, unless you're carnivore, say, no, they're great for you. Okay. No, there's carbs. Wait, what? And so like, they, it's just crazy. Like all of these things that people will think, and they try to get too much caught in the weeds of all of these myths and these protocols and these things that they're supposed to do or their neighbor does or whatever. And, and then I really think about the overall consistent picture. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is, well, so you, you, you see a friend and the friend goes and works out or you see someone and they, you, you look at the magazine and it's okay. So how did, you know, Jack human or whatever was going to be uh, play a role or uh, Downey jr. You know, he played uh, mm -hmm. Iron Man and I'm kind of like, dude, it's the same age as me, maybe even a little older. And how did he get so ripped? And I'm thinking, 
okay. You know, and I was even at the time blogging and I wrote, I'm not Iron Man uh, as a blog because I'm like, I don't know how he biologically did that, but I just don't know that I could mentally push myself to be in the gym that much to potentially supplement in ways that were not healthy and to change my body that drastically in a very short period of time because he was also in a Sherlock Holmes movie and you're like okay that's <laughs> that's insane uh but he did it and he kept doing yep. it and uh now he doesn't do it as much so if you look at uh, Iron Man they don't really show you a lot of ripped um <laughs> out of uniform uh pictures but it's it's this whole idea that we have to be something that we see on a magazine and that if, oh, heaven forbid, we lift more than 15 pounds, we're going to become the man in the magazine. Mm -hmm. And, and those things are just not fundamentally right because we're not, we're not juicing and we're not spending that kind of effort of that amount of time. And we don't need to for the basic levels of strength and fitness that we're after. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna tell you what I, I tell you how they did that. I've been the guy that's been hired by Fox and HBO to get those actors to that point. And you're gonna pay me ten, fifteen million dollars or a million bucks per episode? Yeah, you bet your ass. I'm gonna just <laughs> focus on that. I want to train Terrence Howard before season three of Empire. His character was in prison, so I said we need to make it look like you've just been in prison doing prison workouts and getting big traps and arms. So I trained him twice a day, seven days a week for three months. I showed up with all of his supplements, everything. I told him exactly what to eat. And that's all he did was I showed up to his place twice a day and he didn't have to worry about anything, but, but sleep, eat, work out. And I showed up and told him exactly what to do. So that's how you can do that. But for most people, that is not their life. So it is not achievable to look like that. I've written articles for men's health, for muscle and fitness, all that sort of stuff. Even that they're not necessarily doing exactly that in the articles. They have to fit it in there. They've got the um, amount of words. They're not putting some different things in there. Maybe you're sending them to a, a TRT replacement doctor. There's all of these different or whatever, you know, hormones you're on or peptides. There's all, and there's all these things that you can't possibly do because your, your life isn't supposed to fit into your training. Like, think about that. Like you, you're hmm. supposed, supposed to fit the training into your life. And, and yeah. that's where people get it wrong. And that's why I apologize in the beginning of this book, not only for the entire fitness and, and nutrition industry, but also for my younger self. Nobody right. has the same 24 hours in a day. Nobody. You know, like you got kids, grandkids, you say, you know, we're in this, the, the sandwich generation where we, we've got these children, we're still taking care of them, but yet we're taking care of parents or whatever. We've got all these obligations. So it is not feasible for you to look like anybody else except for yourself. So stop trying to look unless you're a twin or quadruple, whatever, like you stop trying to compare yourself to anybody else because you can't look like me. I cannot look like you. You can only get into the best shape as you can with the time allotted. Yeah. And, and the other side of it, if, if you enjoy, I, I honestly enjoy spending an hour in the gym. Sure. Uh, it's, it's sort of my, you know, meditation time. It's my Zen time. It's when, guess what? No one else is talking to me time. Um, and so for me, it's, it's actually a pretty cool thing to go in there and, and do the old school, you know, do a, do a set, wait for 60 seconds to two minutes and then do another set and then just work my way through, feel every movement. Um, but I'm still doing a lot of the things that you talk about, like time under tension and those types of things There's still protocols and things that I follow, mm -hmm. but I'm just, I'm not in a hurry. And, I, and that's because I enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, but not everybody has that kind of time or yes. enjoys doing the the things that I enjoy doing. So I have to kind of uh, taper that and say, okay, so for someone who's time strapped, there are minimum ways, minimum myth, um, methods, things for them that they can do that will get them the results they want without spending that much time. Now you went through and, and like most fitness guys, uh, I think we all, if we're, if we're all honest with ourselves, uh, we're pretty clear that we're we're a minor, a, a little minor thing in the health and fitness aspects of all of this. So you did a little pie chart. And for me, if I did a little pie chart. I'd be like, okay, I'm, I have to admit, I'm 10% of the pie. Uh, you got to work on these other things first if you want health and fitness. Um, and your big one was sleep. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about why you see sleep as uh, the most important 
thing you need to take care of. And, and then some little things that we can do right off the bat, as soon as we get off this podcast, because we're, you and I are recording this, it's already 6.30. And so I'm going to be going to bed in about two hours. So what are some things I can do to sleep a little better tonight? Yeah. So, I mean, it's sleep, you know, consistent sleep is one. If you can't get as much, you know, seven to nine, seven to nine hours of sleep or six to nine, depending on whatever research you're looking at, consistent same time bed, same time wake. Okay. If you're getting five hours of sleep, that consistency will regulate your endocrine system. So your 24 hour clock, which regulates your, which regulates your testosterone, your estrogen levels, your cortisol levels. So right there, just the consistent sleep. You're like, I don't have enough time to get that, you know, seven hours of sleep. Great. Get consistent sleep. Nobody really thinks about that. So that consistent sleep will regulate that will have you crave less, you know, highly processed, um, um, palatable foods the next day, which are nutrient, you know, devoid. So that'll help right there. And naturally your cortisol levels are going to be down. They naturally raise in the morning. It's called the cortisol awakening response. Well, don't, don't worry about that. That's a, that's an okay thing, but you want that cortisol to be able to go back down. Um, so there, turning off the overhead lights, staying away from the blue light, wearing blue light blocking glasses. Those are all great before bed. If you can do that, one of the best things you can do is maybe take a walk at night as the sun is going down, preferably outside and kind of look at the horizon as the sun is going down. That's going to trigger melatonin production and your adenosine production, which also makes you tired to kind of work in parallel. Um, that'll help you, you know, get a little more tired and a little sleepy, staying away from caffeine, probably after noon ish, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, depending on how you metabolize the caffeine, that's gonna be very beneficial, but also your day sets up your night. So getting sunlight as early as possible as you can, when you wake up in the morning, and if you wake up and it's still dark outside, if you look out, they say this all the time, we'll try to get bright lights, you know, whether it's studio lights kind of where I'm at or something like that, get that light that will trigger that super chiasmatic nucleus in your brain to kind of get you elevated and wake up and get your system and your endocrine system, everything kind of revved and ready to go then that starts regulating your night. People often think about what to do at night. Even you just asked the question, but we don't think about what we're doing during the day to set up our night. So focus on that, get movement as early as possible if you can. If you're somebody that works out at you know 8 p.m. and you're all jacked up, like when I used to play hockey late at night and the you know, old men beer leagues, um, if you're all jacked up and you can't go to sleep, okay, you know, maybe you shouldn't work out at night. But if you work out and it makes you tired and you sleep more sound, great. Maybe you save your carbs for night. Why? Because carbs are satiating. They have a dopamine response and they make you sleepy. How about you use that for the evening? So there's all these different protocols in the book that you can do at a minimum and just listen to them there. And you can try that. Try one or two of these behaviors without trying to like pop melatonin or something like that. Because like we want to change the behavior first and see what happens to our biology as opposed to trying to override it with these, you know, pills that we're trying to pop. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing was your book, um, the minimum method is available on audio book that, that you read. And I happened to be walking to, to work as I was listening to that part of the audio book and I had the sun in my eyes. And then you're like, try to get as much early morning sunlight as you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I guess I'm doing the right thing. But, uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, my, my office is, is to the, um, is to the east of um, where we where I live, so I I'm always walking against that sunshine in the morning, and um, yeah, it, it definitely helps you wake up and and start your day the right way because you just kind of feel like okay, I'm here, I'm awake, it's uh, you know it's daytime, it's time for me to get my stuff doing, and yep. and I've found that if I get a okay a really good night's sleep and then I kind of get that early morning sun like you're you're talking about that light the blue sky and the light. Um, I don't have that two o'clock kind of lull that I used to have when I wasn't sleeping consistently. As you mentioned, I wasn't getting always early morning light because I was getting up before the, the sun rose and I was staying up well after it was over and never even seeing most of that day, getting that light and just kind of, you know, having that time to unwind in the evening. All of those are just, they're just perfect. And so you kind of walk someone through that protocol uh, in the book. And, uh, you know, it might seem a little overwhelming because there's a lot of little things you can do, mm -hmm. but I, I think that's one of the key things I really took away was it's, it's little things. You're not asking yeah. us to go invest in a, you know, hyperbolic, hyperbolic, you know, oxygenated bed. Yeah. So, you know, or buy a new mattress or, you know, there's just little bitty things that if we do those are going to help us sleep a lot better. Yeah. And by the way, when you're walking outside, don't wear sunglasses, at least for the first five or 10 minutes, because the sunglasses is going to block the, the, 
the lux rays that you're trying to get in your eyes. Yeah. So now the next one, and this is this is actually my favorite one, uh, is nutrition. So let, let's talk a little bit about if you want to optimize your nutrition, what are some little things we can do to make that happen? Yeah, and and I think with nutrition, we need to talk about like sometimes you know. Is it optimizing your nutrition to feel better or to look better? Because those aren't one and the same often. Like if you're having your standard American, you know, crap, highly processed diet and you start making better food choices, you're going to start looking better. But if you want to look completely, you know, back to the movie star analogy, like we're doing some things that are leaving them a little bit electrolyte deficient, or we're kind of doing some water tapering and things like that. And, um, and they are cutting complete macronutrients at a certain point, just so they look better, just that snapshot in time for camera before he puts on Iron Man suit. Like they're not that healthy then they look like what we think is the epitome of health and wouldn't isn't. So for most people with nutrition, I say like one of the best things you can do is add about 10 grams of fiber per thousand calories that you're consuming roughly. So you're having 2000 calories a day. You want to have about 20 grams of fiber. Fiber is satiating. It helps you obviously, you know, go to the bathroom. It helps your gut microbiome, which 70% of your immune system lives in there. Fiber also feeds probiotics, which we you know take these expensive probiotics, but probiotics are less effective if you don't have fiber and prebiotics. So that is huge. Adding more like whole foods or foods that have moved and lived and grown before. There was a study out of University of Michigan where people had the options of having just highly processed foods and still having those highly processed foods, but adding more fruits and vegetables. And um, I believe they had like lean cuts of meat too. But just by adding the good whole foods, they ate 500 less calories overall without counting. Because why? They were fuller. They were more satiated. They had more micronutrients, which helps feed your body and make you feel better. So they just naturally had 500 less calories a day. And we're doing the math. You have 3,500 less calories per week, you're probably going to lose a pound ish, you know, like doesn't necessarily work that equally as anybody in fitness, but you know, you're going to probably lose a pound a week just from doing that, you know, and that's tremendous from having these little things. So increasing the fiber, having some, some more greens, if you can't handle greens, have one of those greens powders. I think those, those are actually getting much better uh, than they used to do. So have a serving or two of fruit a day, three, four servings of greens. And if you're not having a ton of fiber now, don't go crazy with the fiber because like that'll create some you know digestive distress. Um, if you can't add some like psyllium husk or some fiber powder like into your smoothies or drinks, that is still going to be beneficial for you. So a lot of people are like, oh, well, I read this study and this artificial sweetener is bad for my gut health. Well, dude, you're 300 pounds. So what's really bad for you is carrying that extra weight. So if it's a matter of you having artificial sweeteners in your diet soda, and still moving more and cutting your calories and losing weight, what's going to matter more for your health right now is losing the weight. And then when we get down to you, like losing those last few pounds, then maybe we start going with the whole gut health thing. Your gut health will get better from losing all of the weight too. So people just like, uh, they lose sight of the, the short-term, you know, the short-term once for the long-term goals. And you, and you need to think about both of those. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. And I, I think that's maybe one message that gets missed a lot is we're always thinking with regards to nutrition, what do I have to cut? Mm -hmm. And you're approaching it from the perspective of, okay, what can I add? Yeah. And when, and, and I've seen this <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of times is you add something good. Like you say, okay, I'm going to start eating fruit after my meals. And for one reason or another, and we know why, but it satiates their sweet tooth. So they're not mm -hmm. eating a dessert and they're not hitting the cupboard an hour or so later. They're like, well, I, I kind of already had my dessert that, you know, those berries were actually really good. Uh, and I enjoyed those. And I, I don't really feel like I need the cookies or crackers or crisps or, or whatever right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good. I feel good. And as a result, you're almost like you're, you're, with the good, you're pushing out the bad. Your, your body's getting what it needs. And I like also how you said that in the book is when we're giving our body the nutrition that it needs, it, it turns on the satiety hormones and turns off the hunger hormones mm -hmm. for us. And if we don't, and we keep eating the standard American diet, our body's always hungry because we're not giving it the nutrition it needs. Yeah, you're creating a positive feedback loop. You know, like it's, it's the same thing where... 
you know, if you have a good experience, you're like, oh, that's good. And you stop and think about it. You've got a dopamine response, a positive feedback loop. If you have something like you had a bad food or maybe you got food poisoning from something like, oh, that's that's not good. Like that's a the diversion and the negative feedback loop. So you cre keep creating this positive positivity, but also think about it and stop and anchor that thought like, oh, I had that piece of fruit, normally I have ice cream, whatever it is, right? Which is not saying like that's necessarily a bad thing to have that every now and then, but if you can't control it, like me, I have a, I have one scoop of ice cream. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to have four or five more. And that's not good because I know I can't control myself once I have that. But for me now, my salad with some berries or apples and maybe a little bit of dressing that might have like three grams of sugar in it and some lemon, whatever, that is actually my dessert. And I crave it and I feel so much better for doing so. Because for years I was the, the low carb, the no fruit, oh my God, whatever, that sort of stuff. And then once I started, you know, paying attention to my friends and world-renowned experts, it's like um, Alan Aragon's a good buddy of mine in nutrition research, got a quote on the back of the book. And he's like, I'm like, dude, send me something like what to eat. And it was very simple. I'm like, oh my God, this is simple. He's like, yes, it's simple. And I'd like three cups of berries and whatever. I'm like, wow, I feel amazing for doing this. And my body actually did start to look better because I was feeling it. As opposed to literally, I just have, used to have like lunch meat and like carrots. That's all I would have. No greens, no fruits nothing. And once I started incorporating that into my life, then life became much better. Yeah. And I and notice he's saying berries and not Twinkies. Um, <laughs> Twinkies <laughs> very different delicious. carbs, very yeah. different carbs. But, but, but here's the thing, like, look, if you want to have ice cream and, and you have to have it, add some berries on top of it. Think about that. So you're, you're having some extra antioxidants in there. You're, you're having those phytonutrients. You're having that fiber that maybe you wouldn't have. So maybe as opposed to the three scoops of ice cream, you have two scoops and a cup of blueberries. So you're still getting it and then slowly you're weaning it off, but you're adding more good into it. Nobody thinks about that. Yeah. I prefer you not to have the ice cream, sure. But like I said, if it's a matter of the two scoops, you know, or you go and have the four scoops and have the berries, have the, have the berries, you'd be fine. Some nuts and seeds, something like that. Yeah, and you can get higher quality ice cream and pay a little bit more because you're only eating two thirds of the ice cream that you would have eaten otherwise, so. There you go. You should host a podcast. Nice job. <laughs> All right. Now, I I know, and I, that's why I'm kind of avoiding this topic. Uh, I could probably sit here and talk to you about fitness for, I don't know, what, three days uh, till one of us had to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know how much you care about your sleep. So we would both be taking breaks. But there, there's so much to talk about with nutrition. Uh, and you you do a really good job going through the book and kind of talking ag about, again, the minimum amount of work necessary to get the results that you're after. Um, but I think an area where a lot of people can get really confused is when you start getting into the area of stretching. And, mm -hmm. and, and some of us, we, we remember PE uh, sitting on our butt in the grass, doing the little butterflies with our knees and, you know, uh, doing those types of things. And, and then now we watch like professional sports and we see them kind of doing these dynamic bouncing around on the field. And we're like, well, they're not doing what I did when I played football. What's, what's changed. Can you talk about stretching and some of the other things that we might want to do for flexibility and mobility? Yeah. So, I mean, stretching people used to think like, well, at first it was like you had stretched beforehand. Then it was, then there was a study that they'd looked at where they held a stretch for like 90 seconds to two minutes and they, and it limit limited force production. All of a sudden stretching beforehand wasn't good. You know, people just get, they get too caught in the black and white stretching before can be amazing if you're stretching so a muscle that is short and tight is often overactive and a muscle there, there's some nuances to this but uh, a muscle that is long and lengthened is often weak and underactive so the perfect example might be like your pec mire so kind of if, you, if you're touching the front part of your shoulder um and kind of go right down towards your pec that's your pec mire the, the smaller part that gets tight pulls your shoulder forward then the opposing muscles, you know, in your back, your, your rhomboids, uh, different parts of your lats, your, your lower traps, things like that will become long and under active because your pec is pulling forward. So if we think about stretching appropriately beforehand, so most people, I can generally say they have upper cross syndrome, which is like rounded forward or like text neck, whatever. If you did like a 30 second wall stretch, which you, you find a corner and you can stretch that, have your elbow slightly above your shoulder and lean into that and stretch that for about 30 seconds. And then you do, you know, some sort of exercise for your back to activate the back, the long and underactive muscles, that'll be night and day difference from you if you just did that at a minimum. But we don't want to stretch muscles that are loose. So people always go to stretching the hamstrings, like they bend down, they stretch the hamstrings because it feels good. They're, your hamstrings are 
likely tight, and I could say this, you know, with probably 95% um, relevancy here. I'm a human movement specialist and corrective exercise specialist. So we look at different tightnesses. So yeah. your hamstrings are tight because your anterior uh, chain in your hip flexors are pulling them up, making them tight. So by stretching your hamstrings feels good, but it also makes the anterior part of your hip flexors tighter and able to pull more. So like we need to think about that tightness and that stiffness, where are you tight? Then we need to stretch that for the hamstrings. I'd say that was pretty much the one muscle that's kind of deceiving a little bit for most people. Yeah. Uh, but your doctors kind of inner part of your legs, those get really tight. Your hip flexors, your, your quads are part of that. Those get really tight. Your pec minor gets really tight. Don't people maybe stretch their lats kind of like if you go into um, a modified uh, down dog or like yoga pose, that'll stretch out your lats. That top part gets tight as well because that's overworked. Uh, 30 seconds to 60 seconds of stretching before your workout is going to be completely fine. You can hold it, which is your static stretch or your dynamic stretch is kind of moving through a, a movement where you're like kicking your leg, probably see athletes doing that. And then when you see them jumping around and kicking and swinging, they're doing that. And then a little bounding, which is kind of getting the tissue warmed up. They're getting the tissue to fire and react and fire and react. So that's what they're doing that they're warming up the tissue. So there's a number of different protocols you can go through for that. And then we get into, you know, self uh, myofascial release or rolling, if you will. Uh, but basically like, and percussion guns, those still have a time and place. But for most people, if you're into a protocol, I like them doing uh, self myofascial release with a foam roller or a percussion gun before, and then stretching if they have the time and then going into an activation technique. A lot of people don't have that time. So what's that linchpin that we can add? If your chest is tight and you have only 30 seconds you know, stretch out the chest, lean into the wall, do like a back activation tech, te uh, you know, technique, like some rows, something like that, TRX rows, some banded pull aparts, and then go into your workout. If you're doing a run, stretch out the hip flexors, maybe do some glute bridges, 15 or 20, and then go for the run, get that going. At, at a minimum, that's actually going to turn on the muscle that are stabilizing and helping propel you forward. So there's a lot of nuances um, into the stretching. If you can stretch after your workout, amazing. Your body's warm. It's more pliable. That's when you hold those stretches, 30, 60, 90 seconds, or even longer. That will help that adaptive process help stretching permanently going through full range of motion. When you're working out, that actually helps your flexibility, a full range bicep curl, a full range chest fly, a full range RDL without your lumbar spine, you know, um, taking over too much. So all of these things are stretching as you're under load too. We, people get lost around that. Yeah. Well, like I'll give, you know, I would say, and I agree with you. I also went through uh, corrective exercise and things like that, just really for, initially for myself, because I was mm -hmm. like, I would watch, um, I would watch a squat on, on YouTube and I'd be like, okay, I don't, I don't look anything like that. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I look, I look like I'm, I don't know. And so for me, what I found was again, having an office job for over 20 years, uh, yeah, my shoulders were a little bit collapsed. Uh, my neck was a little bit down. And so I, you know, now my monitor is always up at eye level. Um, and I adjust my seat or I'm standing, I'm always making sure that's moving. Uh, but there are things I didn't do back then. So my calves extremely tight and my hip flexors are tight. And sometimes my glutes are underactive. And so for me, it's a function of saying, okay, um, I, I want to make sure I'm moving well. So I also have injuries to my ankles when I played volleyball when I was younger. So my dorsiflexion on my ankles are not what they're supposed to be, which dorsiflexion is when you're bringing your toes up towards your shins. So having a problem with dorsiflexion, having tight calves, having tight hips, when I try to go into a squat movement, it's almost like my face wants to kiss the ground. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm leaning forward, which means that the bar that's on my shoulders, that load is leaning a lot far fo more forward than it should, as does my head, again, if I'm not stretching out my chest. So there's just this whole movement where I feel like I'm, I'm doing a squat, I'm almost like curling up on myself, if I don't do this first. And so while it, it does take a little bit of time, it, it will take less time later, if you go through what he's talking about here, because you're going to go through and say, okay, I know that I need to mobilize my calves. And if I mobilize my calves, then I'm going to have a better range of motion through the whole chain. My squat's going to be better. 
And as a result, I'm going to be able to do my squat through the full range of motion and feel good about it and strong. And then, yes, after it's over, I've got that good warm up. I'm able to take those, my, my calves now and say, okay, let's, let's go ahead and lengthen them. And I've, I've done it before. You can actually put your knee, stand with your toe about two inches away from a wall and try to touch your knee to the wall. You should be able to do that. That's a normal range of motion for your foot to do its dorsiflexion. And what I've found is I, I usually, before I start doing the stretching or do the squats, I can't. Mm-hmm. until I actually mobilize it well enough, then I know once my knee can tap that wall that I'm, I'm close enough and I can do my squats. And then after the squats, I do some stretching and my knee can touch that wall. I'm now full range of motion in my ankles. Um, so this is important because a lot of people hurt themselves by not having good movement patterns. And if you're not comfortable with this, I mean, there's a lot of great information. You, you have videos that people can go to, to look at what you're talking about in this, which again is great. Um, but this is an area of fitness. I think a lot of people skip over or forget. And as a result, you're setting yourself up and it's not so much that you stretch to avoid injury as the injury is going to happen. If you're not doing things and you're putting load on a body, that's not built to cover and hold that weight. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like this thing, like I, I always say that things start from the ground up. So yes, if you're, if you got limited ankle mobility and maybe you don't have time to do some joint distraction or something like that, or, um, by the way, so put your fist on the wall. It's like an easier kind of way. And then you your knee to touch there, um, where you can elevate it and you can do that and do some stretches and just move in and out your soleus often, which is kind of like, think about like right above your Achilles tendon, uh, that often gets really tight. So stretching that 20, 30 seconds, just some kind of step that will help squat down, see like, you know, assess and then reassess like all those things, or even you could put some plates or a slant board underneath. If you want to go right into it, that'll help the, the dorsiflexion help you move so much better. Um, if you don't want to back squat, like you can do a goblet squat. If it's loaded in front of you, that'll, that'll turn on the lat. So it'll stabilize you more when you're front loaded belt squats. Amazing. I love belt squats because it take it, it reduces that moment arm, but you're, you can load up a lot. So you're not loading your spine. So there's things that you can do and just, you, you know, if you're like, I can't, can't squat, it hurts me and takes too much and you're hurt every time, then fine, don't squat. Pick a different yeah. squat, pick a different motion, do a unilateral motion, do single leg, do a belt squat, whatever. It's going to be okay. Do a step up. Great for the glutes. Um, you know, all these things, just, just focus on that. If your movement looks funky, you know, your movement is not going to look like anybody else's squat. Like you won't look like anybody's body. Like I've got a long tibia. I can, my knees go way past my toes and my foot's still flat, which is completely safe. So like think about your movement and does, does it look funny? Are you shifting to one side or the other? have that awareness first and awareness sometimes will fix it right then if you're like i'm going down on my squat i'm shifting to my right if you're just aware of that and think about addressing it as you go down in that movement pattern that might be enough right there because you just know that you're compensating you know and then you can go down the road of you know thinking about what you need to do but you need to prepare like just like you prepare for a meeting anything else prepare your body for that workout take an extra two or three minutes do that same thing take an extra two or three minutes after the workout do some recovery breathing or at a bare minimum just lay down on your back and just breathe in and out through your nose. That'll calm you down and, and get your body read, uh, ready and, and move into that uh, parasympathetic state from sympathetic state. These little things, you know, five minutes right there. As I said, like two, three minutes beforehand, some stretch, some foam rolling, some percussion, whatever, some movement protocol, and then two or three minutes afterwards. And you could still get your 55-minute workout and you'll be fine. Yeah. And even a shorter one. But, you know, I was just saying, if you're, yep. if you're looking at, a, at, at, a, at working out, stretching has a place and we poo poo it a little bit more. And as we're over 40 and so many of us have developed these by having office jobs or repetitive motion things and just taking a little bit of time to do that maintenance before you take the road trip is going to save you a whole lot of pain. Huge. Joey, I define wellness as being the healthiest, fittest and happiest you can be. What are three strategies or tactics to get and stay well? Yeah, so a lot of these are mindset to me. Uh, so one, I, I sort of touched on a little bit is your awareness. O- awareness of your life, awareness where you're at, awareness what you can get done, awareness of your goals. Uh, so, so think about your life and your day and, and where you can fit in that movement, where you can fit in that training, where you can fit in your relationships. Um, that's huge. Like just, just having that thought process and that life cycle, they kind of like, over like it's a trailer like your day's a trailer you know, in a movie like what can i fit in what what can i do right here 
that makes a lot of sense. So just having that awareness, you're thinking about, about you and what you can get in and adding those positive behaviors. Um, after that, I would say consistency. You need to be consistent in all these aspects of wellness, like sleep, nutrition, gut health, all this sort of stuff. The consistency over intensity wins every single time. Once you have that consistency, maybe you add some intensity. But if you go at it really hard and you haven't worked out you know, since high school football, 30 years, you try squatting the same weight and doing whatever I used to be able to do this. Well, that's, it's the same body, but you've got more mileage on it. You want to drive your car the same way. That's 30 years old. Like you're not going to push it as hard. So you need to be aware of that. You're 40 plus right now. So let's think about that. And where can we add that? Maybe we touch a little bit of intensity here, but we don't go anywhere near where we're at. So uh, you've got that awareness, uh, like I mean, ACL here is where we're going with this. You've got that awareness, you've got that consistency, and now you have that need to have the love. You need to have the self-love for yourself to put yourself first every now and then. Take care of you and take care of your body and your health and your mental and physiology and psychology. They're one and the same. And taking care of that will take care of everybody else you love. So you have to be healthy to take care of those people. And Sometimes in life, you're going to get less sleep. Sometimes in your life, you're going to be more stressed. You're going to have more load on you. It's going to happen, but be aware that's going to happen. Take some protocols, maybe do some breath work that there's a whole breath work chapter in there. Use that. That takes 10, 20 seconds, just a, a few times. That'll just calm you down. Reassess, you know, and then you get up in the morning um, and there's something I call MVP where, where it's, you know, your mindset, you visualize and you, you think about perspective you know so you've got that little meditation mindset in the morning whatever you want to call it you visualize your day and then you have your perspective and, and, and where you at so acl uh which i didn't put in the book i was just thinking about it today because you sent me the questions all right that's it's good acl next book Aw yeah awareness <laughs> consistency and have that love for yourself awesome joey if someone wanted to learn more about you and learn more about your book the minimum method where would you like for me to send them yeah, I mean, easiest place is, you know, Amazon, you know, um, said, you know, audio, hardcover, Kindle, um, you know, joeytherman.com. I've got a bunch of links on there. Joey Thurman Fit on all social channels and Joey Thurman Fitness on YouTube. You can go to 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash 578, and I'll be sure to have the links there. Joey, thank you so much for being a part of 40 Plus Fitness. Well, thank you, my friend. I, I, I'm 40 now, so I'm in the club. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, Raz. Hey, Alan. Minimum method. I've got a love-hate feeling for the concept, but back in when, when my kids were younger and I had a very busy schedule with work and kids and school and all the things, yeah, I can see how finding a way to do the minimum amount of work to move the needle would be an important priority, an important thing to do. Yeah. Uh, we're going to kind of have this theme for a couple different weeks this week. And then next week I have Dave mm -hmm. Asprey on and he's a biohacker. So it's really about efficiency and getting results as quick and easy as you can. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about why that, that actually is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, I, I want people to take the step back. It's like, are, are you really that busy? Mm-hmm. Or is this really a question of priorities? And, and the reason I say that is I know there's a lot of people that will say, well, there's just no way I can get eight hours of good sleep every night hmm. because my work schedule and this and that and the other thing, there's just no way I, can, I could be in bed before 11 o'clock and I have to be up at six. Mm -hmm. So already that's seven hours. I don't have eight. And I think if they did a little time audit, I said, okay, so what time you get off work? They're like five. I'm like, what time do you get home? It's like, okay, five thirty, six o'clock. I'm like, okay. And then of course, you know, you're maybe cooking dinner and doing this and that. I said, what if everything was pre-cooked? You did a batch cooking on the weekend. How much time would that save you on a, a weeknight? They're like, mm -hmm. I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. So you could have dinner ready in 15 minutes instead of an hour. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then what? Well, now we clean up the kitchen, we get it all together, and then we sit down and we watch Netflix for three hours. <laughs> and then I lay in the bed and I get ready to go to bed, and then I'm on Facebook and Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or wh whatever for mm -hmm. you know another bit. 
And then I finally fall asleep about 11 o'clock. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what I heard was Facebook is a higher, you know, is a higher priority than your sleep. And I heard that Netflix was a higher priority than your sleep. Mm -hmm. And I heard that investing 15 minutes, you know, or investing some time on the weekend to save yourself potentially hours over the course of the week was also not your priority. Mm. And so I, I, I see this often as not just a, a reality, but sometimes it is, mm -hmm. you know, someone pulls a 16 hour day, you get home, you're tired. No, sure. you didn't do your, you didn't do the pre-cooking because you thought you were going to get home at five. Right. Um, and you're not, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do for dinner tonight? And then, yeah, you're picking up the phone or Grubhub or whatever is available to you. Um, and you're ordering what you can order. You're getting what you mm -hmm. can get as quickly as you can get it. Um, but set your priority, at least have it mm -hmm. and then work your way toward it. And then when those things happen, that's when things like this, what Joey's talking about become valuable because then you can sit there and say, well, I, I actually don't have an hour or I am mm -hmm. getting to bed later than I wanted to. And therefore mm -hmm. getting up at six and working out for an hour is just not going to be reasonable tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it was for the right reasons. Kid broke their arm. I had to take them to the emergency room and I'm not getting in till 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. That's different than sitting there watching Netflix for three hours and saying, I just don't have time. Um, but you end up later and you're like, okay, it doesn't make sense for me to set my alarm for six. What I'll do is set my alarm for 645. Mm. I'll get up. I'll do mm -hmm. a quick little high intensity interval training session of like maybe five, 10 minutes mm -hmm. and I'll shower and, and I'll head to work and I'll call that a win. Sure. That would be a great win. And, and so I think there's just a lot of opportunities here that we leave on the table where we just say, ah, I lose, yeah. I lose. And we walk away from it when we could have a plan B and maybe mm -hmm. even a plan C for how we're going to get this done. Mm -hmm. And then we would just do it. And it wouldn't be this big thing because it would just become a part of us. Like you and I, um, <laughs> we'll get up. It's just no problem. It's three hours to go do a cardio session. It's like, who has mm -hmm. three hours? And this, this guy, <laughs> right. this guy. Yeah. And why do I have three hours that I'll go do that? Because it's a priority. And mm -hmm. it's a priority because it's not just the exercise. Yes, I could go out and do a hit training on the beach, go down to three tenths of a mile. So just walk down five minutes. I'm on the beach. I could do sprints and then I could do that little walk back to cool down. And so I'm out for a total of 15 minutes done. And mm -hmm. I got just as much cardiovascular fitness from that as I would get from my three hour walk. Uh, but I, in my three hour walk, I would have seen these beautiful beaches and the waves and the surfers. Um, <laughs> and then I would have seen, you know, wouldn't have seen maybe the howler monkeys and the sloths. Mm -hmm. And just leaf cutter ants and just, you know, things that you don't think are just, but they're cool just cool. You're like, yeah, I know they're tearing up something that is beautiful already. <laughs> and then, they, you know, mm -hmm. but it's just, you're watching them and like, this is just kind of just something interesting that you're not going to see and do anywhere else. But you can't do that in your house and you can't go do a 15 minute workout and then see that you just, you're done. You go in and, mm -hmm. and start doing your other stuff. Um, so again, I, there's value. And I think if we just look at our time and say, okay, what's the value of the time? Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes sitting down and watching Netflix is what you need to do. And oh, yeah. you know, we're going to have Kelly and um, Juliet Starrett on and it's, it's their, their, their day. They, they, they unwind with their kids watching uh, shows TV mm -hmm. in the evening. Um, and that's, that's their, that's what they enjoy doing. Uh, but they're sitting on the floor and they're working mm -hmm. mobility while they're doing it. So they've got their mobility implements, you know, the, the lacrosse ball and the, and the roller. And they're literally sitting on the floor watching their show and they're working on their mobility while, while they're doing it. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of thing where it's not just one thing. You can stack sure. this stuff. You can, there's lots of ways to be more efficient, but multitask. Yeah. yeah find joy, find joy. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I guess, 
you had said earlier, do a time audit and take a, a good look at your schedule, which I think that, you know, we feel so busy because we've got a lot going on in our lives or coming and going kids and work and all the priorities of the house and whatnot. And it feels busy, but if you were to actually write down day to day, hour to hour, what you were doing, where could you squeeze in a workout? And maybe it's a short workout, like uh, what Joey Thurman has suggested, you know, quick and easy, get it done because even something is better than nothing. Or when can you get a longer workout in? Like you were saying, you enjoyed those really long walks. I enjoy really long runs and, and being outside. And I know our schedules are hectic, but where can you squeeze in that time, whether it's short or long? I, I don't know that we all have such a firm handle on what our schedules are more so than what we feel like is going on. Like, oh, I know I have a busy day, all these appointments and all these deadlines and all these things. Um, so, but what in reality is going on? Just like you said, are you spending too much time on your socials, which I do, <laughs> or are you spending a lot of time at night unwinding? But you know, again, like with the um, people you'll have on pretty soon, that time in front of the TV with their family is, is a priority that is important. So, but yeah, I, I like the thought of doing a time audit and, and looking at your schedule and seeing what do you really have time to, to do? Yeah. My, you know, Tammy was in this uh, charity event thing and it was a fashion show thing. And so, you know, I knew I needed to be there. Mm -hmm. I also needed to read this book <laughs> for this interview <laughs> right. sure. uh, and and i wanted to go for a, a good long walk and so i had mm -hmm. three things that were like okay these are things that are important to me uh that i want to get done and rather than you know figure i was stuck you know well i gotta go to this event thing so you know i'm just gonna have to suck it up and just go and then I'll try to catch up with reading later and then I'll stay up later than I want to. And then I guess my walk isn't going to happen. Uh -huh. I went online. I bought the audiobook for this book so I could listen to it rather than try to read it. Um, I set it on 145, which is usually what I do audiobooks at. And I planned and left about an hour early and and walked the three and a half miles to the event location, got there in plenty of time, had gotten through, you know, basically at that point, a whole hour of an audio, a little over, over an hour, because I was listening mm -hmm. to 1.45. So it's probably close to two hours of audio time mm -hmm. that I'd gotten through this book. And most audiobooks are anywhere from five to eight hours. So you can get an idea, I've made about maybe probably even a quarter or more of this book in that time. And I got to walk the beach for the three and a half miles to get to the location. So I got all three done. Uh, it took a little creativity. It took a little yeah. thought. It took an investment. Sure. Um, but it was just one of those things of saying, I'm, you know, I'm not going to shortchange my priorities. My priorities were, you know, of course, my wife and mm -hmm. being there for her, my priorities were doing the walk. And at the same time, I still had this obligation, responsibility, sure. not mm -hmm. priority, but I had this responsibility to get the book read. So I'd be ready for the interview. Mm -hmm. And I figured out how to make them fit in the best way that was the most efficient. Mm -hmm. And then the cool thing was I'd invested in the audiobook. So, you know, the next day I was able to get out and go for another long walk and listen mm -hmm. to more of the audiobook. Nice. Um, and get the get the whole thing done while I was still doing other things mm -hmm. versus having to sit and read, which I do a lot of times, I will just sit and read the book. Uh, but I'm always looking for, you know, not that I got to get more done, but how mm -hmm. do I get my priorities done? Right. And still do my obligations. Mm -hmm. That and, worked out very well. Yeah. And that's the balance. And, and so, yes, there'll be times when I'll say, okay, it's better for me to do that short workout. It's better for me to just go ahead and get this done. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice a priority mm -hmm. over an obligation. Sure. I'm going to figure out how to do both. Yeah, absolutely. That's the best part about, um, 
listening to your interviews or podcasts like this is that I can do it while I'm sitting on the spin bike or on my treadmill because I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to look out for roots and cracks in the sidewalk. <laughs> so I can listen as I work out at the same time. I absolutely love that. It's a great way to, to multitask. Yeah. So don't, don't get that I'm having these guests on for all, all these efficiency style people, biohackers and this and that to just say that that's what training really is. It can be whatever mm -hmm. you need it to be. Right. Um, but it's just, it's just a function of, of, if, if you think life is getting in the way, it will always will. It just oh, it yeah. always will. You've, you've made, you've planted that seed to say, my life is too busy. Mm -hmm. Therefore I can't. And you're right. You're right. You're right. You won't. Uh, it's not that you can't, but you won't. So, you know, yeah, you can't. Um, to me, it's it's about saying, okay, what are my priorities? What needs to get done? And I have a little notebook here that in the morning, I write down my gratitudes, I write down, okay, what's my priority today? What's the if I had to say that I only get one thing that I get to do, or have mm -hmm. to do? What's the one thing? Mm -hmm. And I write that in this book and it relates to my goals and what I'm trying to accomplish. That's one of those. And then I have like my top actions. It's usually three to four items. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, you know, these are the three to four things that I, I do want to really, I need to get done my obligations, mm -hmm. but my priority is always at top. It's that first thing. It's like, this is the thing I've got to get done. Um, and then I, at the end of the day, I kind of recap and say, okay, what's my, uh, what, what did I do to move the goal? What did I do to, to move towards my goal? Well, it's typically if, that I accomplished that priority thing. Mm -hmm. uh, set my priority. It relates to my goals. If I get that done, that's usually what moved the needle for, for my goals. Um, and then I go through and kind of do a reflections over what my day was like. What did I learn? Mm -hmm. um, and then I go in and just write some notes. Okay, what, what, what are things I could do better next time? And what are things that I, I, you know, I did well that I want to keep mm -hmm. doing. Um, and I just collect those notes. And so that's Neat. my day in a journal that I do practically every day. And um, it's just one thing, but it's, it's one of many. And you just mm -hmm. get a structure to all this. And you just start doing it. And yeah. then it's just the normal thing. I wake up, sure. I plan my day, I put this together, I, you know, and then I'm, I'm off. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. I know the one thing. I, I know yeah. the the priority for today and I'm going to focus on that priority till I get it done. And then, yeah, there's this other stuff I've got to do. Like I'm working on the certification. So I do need to spend probably about an hour and an hour and a half doing that. Um, but I'm going to fit that in where it makes sense for it to be fit in, but the priorities are the priorities and they are happening every day. And I got to get that got to get that done first that, or sure. maybe not even first, but know that I have to block the time to make it happen. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, just like Joey had said, and you both discussed that you need to fit training into your life, you know, it just find, find a way to do it. And it sounds like you've got an effective method for yourself. So that sounds great. Well, and if you want to learn more about how to do this kind of stuff, I encourage mm -hmm. you to check out the retreat, go to 40 plusfitnesscom forward slash retreat. And, and there you're going to find a, a link that'll let you sign up or learn more about the retreat. And that's actually going to be part of what we do in our workshop is talk about, okay, what does fitness mean for you? And then how do you make it happen? Awesome. Because we can write all the workouts in the world. I can give sure. you the workouts and say, go do these workouts and you'll be the, you'll be the monster that you want to be. But you know, what happens when mm -hmm. this and that, and you're there and you're not there, how do you still move the needle forward? How do you make it happen? Yeah. And sometimes that's efficiency. It's mm -hmm. often planning, but mm -hmm. we're going to talk about how all of those affect your journey. Um, so I encourage anyone that's struggling with this, you know, read, read listen to the podcast, read the, read the book. Uh, but if you're really interested in putting it to practice, I encourage you to check out the retreat. Awesome. That sounds great. All right. Well, Raz, I'll talk to you next week. Great. Take care, Ellen. You too. Thank you. Next time on the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast, we meet Dave Asprey and discuss his book, Smarter Not Harder, the biohacker's guide to getting the body and mind you want. Until then, have a happy and healthy week.